Chapter 7 Line of Attack 367-205 BCE What goes up must come down. Isaac Newton The death of Sri Lanka's visionary king, Divanampia Tissa, ushered in a period of unnerving calm. All seemed fine with the state, and yet something, somewhere, was going fatally wrong, leaving it wide open to invasion. If there was a serious shortcoming in the reign of Divan and Pietissa, it was his apparent lack of children, and in the thirty years that followed, two of his brothers, and possibly even an uncle, took up the royal reins with little obvious beneficial effect, as far as the country was concerned. First up was Uthathia, one of old King Mustavisa's many sons. His tenure rule, from 267 to 257 BCE, is a marvel of obscurity. He was succeeded by his brother Mahasiwa, whose own tenure rule, from 257 to 247 BCE, goes almost as unremembered, apart from the fact that he built the Naramgana Monastery. By the time Mahasiwa's uncle, Suratissa, took the throne in 247 BCE, things were clearly going most seriously wrong, and the young country would have been wise to take to heart the words of the Egyptian writer Susie Kassam, Never follow a follower who is following someone who has fallen. It's why the whole world is falling apart. For by now, the kingdom itself was falling apart. It had become so ineptly run and poorly defended as to lay itself wide open to invasion, the first recorded invasion of the country from South India. Three kings, and three decades on from the country's apparent apogee, the governance of the country had clearly eroded and badly. The systems, protection, administration and defences put in by the last two or three great kings had broken down, the reason a matter on which speculation could rest until the return of the dodo itself. Why did it all go so wrong? No one knows. But the state no longer had its eye on the ball. Clearly, Divan and Pietissa's heirs had in very short supply the ten perfections that make the life of Buddha aspirants positive. Morality, renunciation, wisdom, energy, forbearance, truthfulness, resolution, kindness, equanimity and liberality. The invasion came in the ignominious form of a couple of Tamil horse traders, Senna and Gutik. Spotting the ultimate commercial opportunity, a kingdom, in the weak rule of King Suratissa, the traders met little resistance in conquering Arandanapura and slaughtering the ineffectual Suratissa. They were to rule it for 22 years, the first of a succession of Tamil invaders. It was a humiliating end to the golden years of the Vijayan dynasty. And yet, like the immortal jellyfish, Turritosis Doreni, dead in this case, did not mean dead, for the fight had not quite left for the Jains. Out there in the wilderness lay Elsla, another son of old King Mustavisa. After Suratissa was killed, Elsla took refuge far south 
in the kingdom of Ruhana, a sub-kingdom that had been established by Mahanga, another son of King Mutavisa. Descending on the horse trader kings with much shattered dignity to put right, Esla killed them in battle. After decades of poor rule, followed by a pair of asset-stripping Indian merchants, there was much that King Esla had to put right. But the task proved too much for him, and his own rule was brought to an abrupt end ten years later, in 205 BCE, when he himself was killed in battle by Alara, an invading Tamil Chola. That he should meet such an end after so much trouble to restore his family's right to reign seems almost unfair. But as Nicholas Sparks gloomily observes, life, I've learnt, is never fair. If people teach anything in school, that should be it. Ilara was to rule the Anurandapura kingdom for 44 years, smashing the awesome edifice of a Jain rule that had already given the island so much of its lasting cultural dignity. Thank you.